Hey, if you suffered an injury in an accident and would like a free case review, make sure you call the super team at Daspit Law Firm. Free consultations are available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Dial 713-322-HURT. That's 713-322-HURT. Or you can go to the website, DaspitLaw.com. Veritex Community Bank Studios. It's time to rejoin the undisputed best sports talk show in Houston. It's clearly John and Lance, except no substitutes. You know what? Let's do this. Let's leave this hour off with tower number two. John Granado is out. He's out today. Dell sits in with me right now. John will be back tomorrow. The Texans won. I, I don't think it's a story. Personally, I don't think it's a story that C.J. Stroud was named the starter. But let's hear from D'Amico Ryans. D'Amico Ryans made it official, so now we can all, if anyone wasn't operating as though C.J. Stroud were the starter, then that must be a fun show to pretend like he was the second pick wasn't going to be the starter. But here's D'Amico, and I get it. D'Amico wants everyone to earn their position. Here's D'Amico Ryan's first-year head coach, naming, uh, discussing uh, C.J. Stroud being named the starter. Yes, yeah, C.J. will be our week one starter in Baltimore. What is it that's translated to that decision? It's been over the course of the entire process of OTAs, training camp, preseason games, just seeing the complete product and knowing you know, C.J.'s desire to continue to get better. We know we're not where we need to be as a team overall. We all have to continue to get better, and it's just having a mindset to do that. And CJ, just along with all our other guys, know that we have to get better in that regard. So, what did CJ Stroud, the second pick of the draft, think about being named the starter? Bless up. I mean, we'll see. I mean, it's not really something I can just answer right away. Um, I got to go out there and practice this week and get ready for Baltimore and work really, really hard to to try to better myself and, and be as best I can um, when it's time to go line up against those guys. So really excited to do that. But, um, yeah, I don't know if I'm ready or not. Well, I, God willing, I will be, and I, I think I am. Considering D'Amico would answer all the questions about who his start would be about, we'll have one ready for Baltimore, why didn't he just wait till hours before the game? What's the difference? Maybe just out of respect to C.J., if people start asking the question, I just think there's no reason that, like, Baltimore's not actually – how does Baltimore's preparation change? It doesn't. Davis Mills, C.J. Stroud. Does, Davis, C.J. Stroud, they're very similar yeah, types of quarterbacks. We had DJ BNMA on on Friday, and he, he didn't really understand it. It was just a roll of the eyes for, for everyone there because everyone knew what was going on. And like you said, it's not a big deal. It's just an interesting approach. I don't know if that's just the defensive coordinator in him and everything has to be earned for That's what, what I think. I'm whatever guess reason, it's that, yeah. um, but everyone knew the way practice was being handled, the way obviously he started all the preseason games, and the fact that he was a second pick overall. All those things would have told you that this was this was a foregone conclusion. Probably the moment he got drafted, unless he was a complete disaster, which it, clearly he wasn't. So that's out of the way. It wasn't a decision, but announce an announcement had to be, had to be made, and and there it is. CJ Stroud's a starter. I guess now that that's out of the way and you've seen him for three games, is he better than you thought he would be at this point or worse or the same? 
not the same. I think uh, some ups and downs. It's not. I mean, he. I already know he's really accurate. I mean, I I watched. I hit the scouting report. You can read what I said about him if you just Google draft profile for really for any of these players on the Texans. Type up their name and hit draft profile, and you'll see what my thoughts were on them coming out. I'm pretty much accurate on most things. Uh, <laughs> okay. I would say sure. C.J. Stroud is about. It's about like I thought. I mean, I haven't seen enough to be honest with you. Where I can I, to me, it's still very incomplete. I heard Jeff Darlington this morning on uh, the show before ours talking about. CJ Stroud and saying that you know after the first game it was a little ner- it was a little concerning which I wasn't concerned it's just week 1 and you didn't have any starters basically Austin on the Deculous offensive line protecting yeah, what him. are we what are we that concerned about but he talked about how great he's been the last two well I think that's overselling it a little bit too I think that it's it's been it's been relieving to watch him play and I think he looks solid there was some foot he completed a pass to uh who is 83? Who's the new Kevin Walter we have? I thought that was Dalton Schultz. Oh, it was. Yeah, it was Dalton Schultz. He ran a little whip route and came back in and, and, and completed a pass. The footwork wasn't great on CJ. I was taking a look at that, but he still made the, it's kind of an off platform throw, but you wouldn't recognize it if you didn't see how his, his footwork was and, and what he was doing with his upper body. But um, he threw it where it needed to be. The play action was literally right on the hands. Like people are, the, the incomplete pass, it was a drop pass from Robert Woods that he should have had. That was right where it needed to be. Bill Collins throws down tight, the sideline. Yeah, they're tight window throws. Like, you're going to find out that this dude can really throw with accuracy and placement. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, it's going to really start to impress you the more you watch of him. I, I like, for the most part, the way he handled the team. It was a lot of running involved. That's what the, that's what the season's going to be. It's not going to be on C.J. Stroud's shoulders. The question's going to be, can you – it's not even really can you protect him. I think it's how do you run the football because the better you run it, the more protected C.J. Stroud is going to be through a lack of necessary attempts <clears throat> where you're behind the chains, where defenses with ears pinned back. And the second thing is they'll play action out of that offense really forces people to flow wide and away from rush lanes. So those are things that, that we're going to need to see. I want to get Bobby in here. Bobby wants to talk Texans. You guys can jump in with your questions or your thoughts on what you saw on Sunday or the preseason. What's up, Bobby? Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, I had a statement, and then uh, I wanted to get a breakdown from you, Lance. Uh, DJ Stroud throws the ball like Arian Foster used to run the ball. That's a just great so comment. Effortless and, and fluid. It's, just, it's poetry in motion. It's kind of building off what you just said. I think... The more we as fans watch this kid, the more we're just going to be impressed with him. Uh, I did want to get your thoughts on uh, Kenyon Green, Lance. What do we think of the preseason? Oh, terrible. This is scary. Now, Kenyon has had, I was told by uh, one of the people, um, let's just say I was told by a very reliable source that he's been dealing with injury. He was, that's the reason he didn't play in, uh, or he wasn't, he played. Let's see, he was sitting out on a Sunday after the first preseason game. He's been dealing with injury issues in his upper body and his arm, and you could see him after he got beat on that spin move by Brian Breesey. He immediately grabbed his arm. I don't think it was a grab my arm, I got beat injury. I think he legitimately is dealing with some problems that is causing his play to slip. that's a soccer injury. It could have been. It could have been. Or a cornerback who gets beat, beat. And immediately starts looking at the safety look at, to make go, sure that everyone his knows. His arms yeah. are outstretched. Arms are out, and the ball's literally flying through the yeah, air. It's not me. So, Kenyon Green, 
was dealing with an injury come into camp and just never got healthy. That would be is that the most Well, that was the knee though, right? Well, he got now he's hurt again, I guess. Yeah, now he's hurt again and I don't think he ever got healthy, but I'll be I mean, let's just keep it 100 here. Kenyon Green is a big concern for the Texans because in one sense you you spent a first round on him and that's already you already you already that's already sunk in cost. If it's if he's not good, it's not good. It doesn't matter where you drafted him. You can't play a guy who's not good enough. So if, if he can't beat out Juice Scruggs, and I brought this up on the show, I, I said I thought Juice Scruggs could be competing. This is when you had Questenberry initially. I thought Juice Scruggs could compete for the left guard starting spot over Kenyon Green. Now that Questenberry's out for the year, it's going to be Juice. Now you got a, a three-man rotation of Jarrett Patterson, a rookie from Notre Dame, Michael Dieter, a free agent, uh, uh, a very – honorable free agent, not a street free agent <laughs> from Miami. Free agency started March 15th. That's when the, you could officially sign players. That's not even when you could just negotiate. When you he could was officially sign casualty. players. They no, just had cap issues. That's not true. Um, he was signed he a week. Talent he, issues? March, yes, he had talent issues. March 21st. So he was what you would call. See, I didn't like him as much. There were some people who liked him a lot. A I tier just, three free yeah. agent type. Yeah, I mean, he's just a guy. He's a backup. Yeah, and the fact that he's going he's, to. He's, he's, a backup who's fighting for a job as a backup is what he it's is. Set, well, apparently he's starting. Yeah, and that's the concern. And the guy was a first-rounder. I think even if he was healthy, would be in a fight for his job. I don't even think it'd be given to him. So it, to me, it's a huge concern. But if it doesn't work out, do what Dallas did. You move on from him. You trade for Trey Lance? When we come, well, when we come back, I want to I wanna discuss the Trey Lance trade that went down. Dallas got what I think thought they would get i mean san francisco got what i thought they would get which was just a fourth and a lot of people said uh, i wouldn't trade him if that's all you're going to get look how many picks you gave up who cares how many picks you gave up he can't play for you he's not going to play for you you're better off and guess what actually sam darnold is the more capable backup right now if he's not going to play for you oh well take your bullets have have people calling for your firing because you traded him rg3 going after you him and will compton have gotten into it back and forth on twitter but you just have to move on if you miss. If you have such ego that you're willing to hurt the team to try to cover your own ass for a draft pick, then you're not doing your team any favors, and you probably are an insecure leader. If you're a secure leader, you just move on from a mistake, and you try to get the next one right. That's that's what you do. And I like the fact that D'Amico Ryan's injury or no injury, I don't know that Kenny Green was just getting that job. I don't think he's good enough. 814 on the bench you guys, or the trench, you guys can jump in, 713 713- 780-3776-713-780-3776. Gulf Coast Chevy. So a meritocracy is what we're talking about, and that's what Craig DeSurf is all about. He's about getting you the best deals right up front. The sales staff is not there to – they're not there to hound you and harass you and, and, and high-pressure you. That's never how they do business. You are in control of the car buying experience. They will answer questions for you. They will search – on, online in their database for the very best offers that they can give you in terms of dealer cash back because it makes sense. It's more likely that you're going to purchase if you get great trade-in value for your car, if you get a great price. They understand that. You're more likely to buy your second car and to tell other people about their dealership if they treat you right, if they give you a great price, and they don't bullcorn with you. That's the main thing, kids. Don't let people bullcorn with you. Make sure that Gulf Coast Chevy is your spot. They're out in Angleton. It's a few extra miles. It's 42 miles from uh, downtown Houston. But the great thing is it is uh, it is your home for lower prices and a customer service index that is off the charts. So if you want some no bullcorn pricing and you want great uh, 
and you want a great selection, make sure you're going to Angleton with Gulf Coast Chevy Buick GMC. Shop online at LanceZCars.com. ESPN 97.5 on Twitch. Oh, it's you people. Tired of being your tram donkeys? Acting like you some one-man GPS? Currently, in the Veritex Community Bank Studios, one is a renowned forensic blood splatter expert, the other an appointed master of haberdashery. It's John and Lance. I am neither John nor Lance, but I am the person you should love because I'm going to give you a chance to win something like I did all of last week. So at 8.30, call her 12 to honor the Cougars being in the Big 12, although this game is not a Big 12 game. Call her 12 at 8.30, wins a pair of tickets to the University of Houston UTSA game this Saturday. This Saturday. So call in at 713-780-3776 at 8.30, and you win a pair of tickets to the University of Houston game on Saturday, September 2nd. You can also get a family four-pack, four tickets, four hot dogs and chips, and four sodas for just $60. Go to uhcougars.com slash tickets or call 713-GO-COUGS to get your tickets today. Tickets also start at just $20. Remember, I said at 8.30, people, please, call it 12. Free tickets. Call it 12 at 8.30. You got a chance to win Cougar tickets Two, actually, there it's a home game against UTSA. That game was a really good one last year. Went to overtime. The Cougs pulled it out. No Tank Dell this year, so and no starting quarterback. Who Donovan Smith is going to be the starter this year? Yeah, right? from Texas Tech. Yep. So uh, Matthew Golden is going to be one of the more. He's got a chance to be one of the more explosive receivers in the nation. So they very do, talented. They have to replace Tank Dell and Clayton Tune. They hope to have guys to do that. You get to see them in their first game as they are a Big 12 member, an official Big 12 member against UTSA, an in-state rivalry. I got a sneak peek at John Daspit's new um, commercial, the NIL commercial for uh, one of them. There's going to be a lot of them that you're going to see on TV for U of H football. So it's pretty cool. You guys will see that soon. Um, no bullcorn. So let me – can I ask – I asked this during the break. Yeah. Where did bullcorn – when did bullcorn become the proper replacement for the other words you can't say on the air? When did, just, where did corn come from? Well, bull crap, I know. I mean, I I've get. known bullcorn for a long time, but I, I don't know where I first heard it. I don't know where I first heard bullcorn, but I know bullcorn is what you're supposed to say instead of saying bad, instead why of saying blue language. Why can't you just say bull crap? Eh, that's even too much. Is it? Crap yeah, is too much? When kids are going back to school, you can't say the C word. What C word? Crap. <laughs> but corn also but, starts with this. Bullcorn is It's a good. different C word. Yeah. yeah. Bullcorn. It's like bull cry, but only with corn. You know what my favorite C word is? What is your favorite, Dell? Can you say it out loud? Compassion. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> right, channel. All right, what's your you favorite why, line you know, today, guys? You know, Seven did, one three. you know I did that because what? for whatever reason, Raheel tweeted out something an old that is a John, Gren- John and Raheel with Dell. Uh, Granada Raheel with Dell. Uh, that's why I recognize that. <laughs> where from. he goes, where he goes. You know what I'm looking to see in the game today. Sportsmanship. <laughs> no one's a bigger phony than Rio. <laughs> so that's no. that's why that thing clicked. Somebody asked a question on Twitter how, okay, the waffle challenge. I want to just mention this. Sean, you play fantasy football. Yes. Dale, you, there's I no way that to. you do. I, the producers here wanted to do it this year. And then I heard. Do you feel like you're more of a friend of the producers now that you're back now? Like I was always a friend of the producers. Well, okay. So how you've always been he? kind of a loner, kind of a rebel. So no, just a loner, not a rebel. I wasn't fighting against anything. I just wanted people to leave me alone. You're a loner, Dottie, a rebel. So let me ask you, you seem like you, do you find it 
you're being friendlier to people for fear of John getting you fired again? Or do you no. ever feel like like now that you've got to actually act friendlier to people and take part in things like fantasy football? Well, I'm not taking part in fantasy football. No, we, we tried our best. They but. tried to get but they sold it as, well, we're going to do this combine thing where you have to – and then you have to edit sound as part of yeah to get no to win a, to get like the top Ooh, pick or something for way too much. And I was like, bad "What?" Sell. And then and they're like, "Well, Dell, you know what? Maybe you you can still be it. You just have one of the later picks. You don't have to be involved." And I realized, like after week three, I'm going to stop paying attention. And it, and that probably, oh well, that's no good for anybody. That's no good for anyone. So I said, "No, I'm going to do no it." No one wants the guy who's not yeah. paying attention. So I said, "I figure I'm not even going to pay attention." So nah, it's not good. So I'm not going to do it. Well, so the Waffle House challenge happened on the Wheelhouse uh, Wheelhouse 1.0 last year where Brad Kellner lost where he was last place and he had to do a Waffle House challenge, which I guess is a thing where he was going to be on a Waffle House for 24 straight hours, but you could take hours off it for every waffle that you ate. And that guy called in during, what did you learn this weekend by saying he ate six waffles in the first hour is a huge mistake. This, I, I, to me, okay, you don't eat for like 24 hours, but then don't let your hunger take over. You have, and that's hard, but you have one waffle in the first hour. Then at the beginning of the second hour, you have another and another. And I think you spread it out, and you end up having like 10 waffles over so four, you spend four, four hours. You spend four. So what's the ideal? You eat 10, but you spend 14 hours? 10 overall, but you spend well, you, 14? Well, you burn. Well, you're there for four hours, so then you have. Yeah, I guess that's, I guess that's it. So you th- I mean, you could keep going. I'm not putting any syrup I'm, I'm not trying to do the syrup and pan and, and, and butter and, and butter and all that stuff we're just getting through the waffle so you're shooting for about a waffle an hour but yeah, if you do a waffle an skip, hour you're out in 12 no, hours like skip one hour in the middle there like a recovery hour so, yeah so the goal is to cut it in half but spread the waffles out where you, you're not sick and you can actually get to more how big are these waffles i haven't like been a, a waffle plate size right yeah, they're like normal aren't they like thought, a plate I size like regular size waffles they might a be big. Plate? How, I don't know pancakes. how big the plate is. But Waffle House, I think their waffles are pretty big. Yeah, they probably are. That's not great. Yeah, that's not a great last place. My son Alec had to take a blow-up doll. They are pretty This big. is in high school. He had to take a blow-up doll to Papacitos with him as his date. He <laughs> sat down at Papacitos, and then they played into it. They brought a birthday cake for her, birthday dessert for her or something. Uh, so that, that was pretty funny. I've seen people have had to put large toys i know somebody who is actually going to be well hold on dell wants to tell me something okay <laughs> I think sometimes well, on that's the show, a, that's a di- when dell and i are here he took, we'll the just turn- di- he took the doll to dinner yeah no it Butter was a cake? it was Butter a cake that's a that's a great date it was a platonic oh well it was a platonic date for fantasy football it's no fun and he had to <laughs> go there in a friends. restaurant and have everyone <laughs> they see went, him. they went as friends uh yeah they just went as friends so, or a, frenemies that's a terrible date there's got to be better ones some of you guys get tattoos if you have one i'm, I'm curious what your last place was well for a high school kid i seven, think the ball of dolls yeah. appropriate three yeah, seven, that's a good seven, one. Six. that's a good one um somebody who you're going to probably see here on the radio at some point he finished last, or or in his league that he has, if you finish last, you have to have a, uh, okay, earmuffs if you want to, although I don't think, I think this word will get past the kids, a phallic Ooh. symbol in the back seat. Uh, some would call it a toy. And it has to sit there in plain how view. Lar- how large is the toy? Really? Okay. 
and it has to sit there in plain view in your back seat you, at all times. Do you put a seatbelt around it so it stands upright? I would. That's a, I never thought about that, but that's pretty good. But it has to be in plain sight because the whole time. In the car I drive, I guess you said it's pretty large. Number one, I would never do the that. The phallic symbol is pretty large. Yeah. So I guess you could see it. But if I just laid it down, how, how many people would actually be walking by and see it? I Probably think you, not. I think a, lot of backs, back, a lot of windows are tinted. tinted. I think you'd have to make sure it's at least... I don't want to use like strap, but at least it's belted in, like yeah, you don't want to upright, use right? At least so there's a chance people will see it. Yeah, you want them to. Yeah, you might make that. And somebody, the and there's somebody on Twitch said, "How can you finish last place if you host a sports talk show? All you have to do is have injuries. Yeah, all you have to. I mean, it doesn't take much. Injuries can knock you, uh, knock you out. Injuries can knock you out. That's an easy way for you to finish in last place, or who's, who's, you 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 get late." in the process on free agency like I got last year where I never every time I came up as a bunch of slappies as soon as I picked somebody up then a big free agent popped up or somebody you know got hurt and no offense to the people who do this for a living or take offense they're not the brightest so losing in fantasy football ain't beyond someone who does this for a living who's not the brightest sports talk host or fantasy football people Probably both, but in this fantasy case, I'm talking about. Smarter than I'm talking about hosts. sports talk hosts. So now, fantasy football people put well, time the people into who it. do it for a living and make money, and that's their job to talk about it. Yeah, I get that part. But the people who are doing it for competition with their buddies, a sports talk radio host ain't that bright. So if they're yeah. losing in fantasy football, it's it's not shouldn't be a shock to anyone. Um, well, this show's very bright, but well, other shows maybe Sean. I don't know about the people. Other in this room. shows maybe not so much. I should have won. I should have won. Have you ever uh, won fantasy football? Yeah, but I've been in a league now since I started radio. It's like it was one that Maury was in. Daryl Maury was in it for one year. Although any reference to him, he made a scrub from the radio, even though he said he was in it because he thought he'd get in trouble for that. His idea was to hoard. It's an auction. So every time Daryl would start bidding, it got real nervous in the room. as Somebody would go head-to-head with like, oh, it's Daryl Maury. Daryl Morey hoarded like eight running backs, and he thought he was going to leverage that into forcing people to make bad trades. And then everyone's like, okay, you have you should. bad wide receivers and quarterbacks. Yeah. Good luck, Daryl Morey. Daryl, we're not the Knicks. You can't, yeah, you can't he dupe us. He couldn't trade Cut it us. out. You should have seen it was a bloodbath. Every week, the waiver wire process, we use CBS Sports. It'd be like Morey's Eels. It, his team was Morey's Eels. And uh, I think Sean Pendergast may have just named it that without Daryl even knowing. But... It was like seven moves. He would make seven waiver wire moves. He must have spent like $800 on waiver wire transactions over the year. He would make so many moves. It was incredible. Like every week, just a ton of moves left and right. And uh, But in that league, we've had a lot of Sean Pendergast been in it forever, me. Uh, Granado came in late. Chad Clay came in. We lost, we've lost people too. We've had like nine divorces in the league, <laughs> one heart attack. One felony that was reduced, uh, that no jail time was served for the felony. No deaths up to this point, but we did have the heart attack, Dell, so relax. Uh, He didn't die. We're not at death frame yet. No, I'm just asking. It's been a long time. There's a chance someone could have died. We've had two general managers, Daryl Morey and Dennis Lindsay, although he wasn't a GM at the time, uh, but went on to become a GM. And uh, so, yeah, it's been – and in that league, I've only won it one time. My team's name is Granado's Nipples. And I've only won it one time. I've been in a championship like four times and lost all of them. Is that because you see, you saw him on a golf shirt or something? Well, the- all the people are calling because the tickets. No, because remember Nick's place nipples so hard, 
Remember, he goes, I love Nick's place. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I remember And that. he said, nipple so hard. <laughs> yeah, and, I remember. Uh, so I named, I named my, my, at first, at one point, my team's name was Tub Girl. Oof. And then I had the Mm-mm-mm. picture as my, so your, anytime somebody pulled up my avatar, that's what they would get. A terrible And person. then I couldn't even deal with that. So I just went to, and so my avatar now is Sean Salisbury and Granado together. On uh, their their little hype when was, shot, the when photo were, shoot when they're cheating when he was cheating on you. Yeah, when he did uh, unfiltered, mm-hmm. and it's my name, team name is Granados Nipples, and I'm looking for a big year this year, but I'm not going to tell you who I'm picking up. Eight thirty one, uh, coming up at nine o'clock. Josh Beard, he is going to be one half of our new sports Are we supposed talk to wait show. till nine to announce that, or are we? Well, you know I what? Feel like- I don't want to tell you what's going to happen, but at 9 <laughs> well, o'clock. He never said old- he would be one half of, to <laughs> our, be fair. He said yeah, one news- half of, and you're going to have to wait to hear who the other half is, is we've got a new you show. You really have to wait, actually. We've got a new show that's coming up, and we're going to make all those announcements at 9 o'clock. Yes, 9 that's o'clock. That's when the big, I'm just teasing it. I don't want to tell you who it is or what they're doing. But, well, you chose half already. But uh, I did want to throw one teaser out there of somebody that could be, but we don't know who <laughs> Oh, it, who oh, it could be. be? Yeah, one person it could be. We have a winner, right, for the tickets? Okay, stop calling Sean and the show. We're going to break it right here, 713-780-3776. But wait, just wait for a second, and we will uh, come right back in. I do want to mention Trey Lance when we come back, why Cowboy fans should not be upset about this. ESPN 97.5.com. You need to learn. Let the boy watch. He needs to learn the way I learned from my father. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's time to rejoin the undisputed best sports talk show in Houston. It's clearly John and Lance, except no substitutes. Eight thirty-seven here on the bench. It's Lance and uh, he forgot Dale. my name. Well, Gilbert, no, I saw Gilbert's name and I. Disres- that was disrespectful. It's Lance and Dell with Gilbert's on hold, but he's just going to have to wait for one second. But he does have something to say about Texans. I don't know if he's mad. Well, CJ okay, finally sorry. threw a touchdown, so yeah, he I can't be see, upset. Yeah, I got to see, because usually he's mad about everything lately. It's he's like, I'm mad about it. But I don't know if he can be mad about this. Let's just see real quick, and then I want to get to Trey Lance. Gilbert, um, I see you want to talk Texans. What do, you, what do you got on the Texans? Well, we got to go. They'll be good this year anyway, you know. Texas is going to be good. And I think really the NFL could bring a lot of changes, probably. Don't you think? What type of changes? Well, about the two minute warning. They probably have one minute warning. Don't you yeah, think? I, I could. I mean, you want to get rid of the two minute warning? I didn't see that with the competition committee. So you're expecting a one minute warning? Yeah. When is that going to start? This year or next year? Uh, Next year, probably. Okay. Probably competition committee goes and changes from two-minute warning to one-minute warning. Okay. Because that's know, one of the things that... Gilbert, you know, do you know why they're going to change? What? <laughs> why? Do you, do why you know they, why they're going to change from two-minute warning yeah, to one-minute warning? Why are we going from two-minute to one-minute, Gilbert? Well, make, make some uh, more plays anyway, you know. Okay. I'm not sure how that... Okay, sure. I'm not sure, sh- I'm not sure how that works. Any other changes the NFL is going to do? Well, you do about uh, you see, but in, in, in the end zone touchback, it'll be uh, 
At the ten yard line. Okay, so hold on a second. So they're going to. So this is moves you'd like to see. No, I think he's saying that's going to happen. Well, either way, I'm curious about more. Um, so you want to see touchbacks at the ten yard line? So is that, that would, something you'd like to see? That would force more returns. Yeah, that's pretty better anyway. So, okay, so yards. we're gonna. It would force more returners to come out of the end zone. Touchbacks go to the ten yard line. There's going to be a yeah. one minute. Okay, this is interesting. Touchbacks go to the ten yard line. So really going to. We're going to limit scoring. We're going to lower scoring opportunities. Or more excitement because you're going to, instead of just taking a knee, you're going to run the ball out of the end zone. Uh, Yeah, unless he gets booted out of the end zone. Then you're well, buried then, at the 10. Well, I guess you kick it out of the end zone. You kick and it then, out of the end zone. Okay, so we got a we got a 10-yard line. So touchbacks go to the 10. we got one-minute warning. What are some other changes, Gilbert? I kind of like where you're headed with this. That's about it anyway, you know. You only got a couple. I just spitball. I, I did real sad today anyway, you know, that Bob. Bob, Bob Barker, Barker died yeah. this, over the weekend. What's your favorite? Uh, what was your favorite game on Price is Right, Gilbert? Plinko. What? Uh, is that your the guess? Price is Right. Uh, the ladies. The ladies. That's not a game. Well, well, you could run game on the ladies. He said, but I, that's I'm not sure what I'm sure Bob did. But that's not what he asked. What's your favorite game? Not your favorite part of. Yeah, not your favorite. Uh, uh, the 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 uh, the favorite part was the the ten thousand dollar thing when he dropped the dropped the uh, the chip down the aisle after the favorite one I like anyway. You're talking about Plinko where they drop the chip down and it and it goes ting 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 ting. LeBron James tried to yeah. do a whole show on Plinko basically. Uh, he was the all right. Well, have producer. a good day, gentlemen. Okay. He's okay. Done. Bye. He had a couple changes, and then we asked him. What do you questions. think about those changes? I think it. The one how does the, a one minute warning benefit? That's what I was trying to figure out. How does it get more? He said more plays. Get more plays in yeah. with the one. Minute I'm not sure warning. how that works out. I'm sure he's done the math on that. As far as the the touchback at the ten, it would f- probably force more guys if the ball doesn't fly out of the end zone to come out. But we're I mean, at the twenty five now, but it hurts player safety, which is what the NFL is trying to promote. If you're forcing returners to come out nine yards deep and take their chances, because it's either that. Or their offense starts at the ten. Yeah, yeah. Gilbert is f- spitting in the face of what the NFL, the changes they have made previously. He wants to go back to the real football. I think. Yeah, yeah. And I respect it. Have you ever seen? Did you get mountain climber? Have you ever seen this game? Uh, my favorite, my favorite game of all time is is this one on Saturday. And then the little mountain climber I've starts seen it. climbing up and climbing up. You're like, no, no. <laughs> Because you want them to stay low, you want to make sure that the price you got it right. And, the, and then the music is. chimes in. There it is. And then all of a sudden you're like, no, oh, oh, and then you fall off the mountain. How about Gilbert staying on brand? You said, what's his favorite game? The price is right. He said, the ladies. <laughs> it's on brand. It's uh, what it's a, we should expect. It's a hundred percent on brand. Oh. Uh, God, there's sometimes that I'm like, why did we go to this Gilbert call? And there's other times where I learn about things that. I can bring to the table when it comes to talk. Like I, I've got a phone number for a couple of general managers. I'd love to be able to call Ryan Poles and say, "Hey, at competition committee, could you bring up a one-minute warning instead of a two-minute warning?" And also, and you're gonna just float out there. Touchbacks go to the ten, and then you you tell him he'd ask, "What's what's behind this?" He did. You, he'd ask if you done if you done any research. Why are you? Yeah. Why? And are then you, you go, "Yeah, Gilbert called in." That's because the research. NFL. All their moves, every move. One thing I learned at the content summit I went to is. Every move happens based on a ton of 
data, especially as it revolves around player safety. So I'm not really going to have anything to really back up my the ten yard the Gilbert ten yard uh, ten yard rule t- ten yard touchbacks. I'm not really going to have anything, but I can tell you this: every big leg kicker will be will be shopped out there. I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little past the break just because I have to pay this off now. Trey Lance traded to the Dallas Cowboys for a fourth round pick. Everyone lost their mind because that's all they got for Trey Lance. What leverage do you have? Trey Lance is the second at best, and really, realistically, he was named the third-team quarterback. He's not going to play. You, when is somebody going to give you more for it? You have no leverage if you're, if you're San Francisco. Frankly, the best move for him is to go be a backup somewhere, which in this case, he'd have to beat out Cooper Rush, which I don't even know if that's a given. I think Cooper's still there in Dallas. I'm not sure, actually. He's been around forever. Uh, well, not forever, but for like four years now. But Trey Lance going to Dallas, here's why I think it makes sense. Uh, number one, let the kid have a chance somewhere else. It's not working for you. You missed on your draft picks. You're not getting them back. Might as well take your fourth and move on and have the focus on Brock Purdy with Sam Darnold as a backup. You're all in with Brock Purdy now, okay? With Trey Lance, hey, I, I respect that they took a shot. They just missed. That happens. For Trey Lance, here's why I think it's good for Dallas. You, you gave up a fourth-round pick for Trey Lance. Why would you do it? Because he has untapped upside that has not, you know, it has not shown itself. Now, it may never show itself with Dallas, but if a team gets a wild hair that they want to sign him to a twelve, a $10 million backup deal for two years or three years, and they, or, or maybe even something higher than that, you could end up getting a compensatory pickback if you're Dallas, if you let more free agents walk than you sign. So that fourth-round pick could become a fifth-round pick in the compensatory. You basically just rent him uh, for two – you basically rent him for a year as a backup for you know a fourth that becomes a fifth. There's a chance that maybe Dak gets hurt, he plays well. Maybe that could turn into a third-round compensatory pick or a fourth. Or maybe you just have a good – maybe Trey Lance is the backup that you want. He's a more physically talented backup than and Cooper, Cooper Rush. Rush yeah. And so you end up giving him – a $6 million backup deal for two years, and you've got a more physically talented Cooper Rush but but uh, or backup. But the main thing is Trey Lance does have some ability. It's just he hasn't had the time to play. Yeah, he hasn't played a lot of football. He's talked about it quite a bit, college, and, you know, he had a chance One last year. One full year as a starter in college. That's it. And he had a chance last year, and then, then he got hurt. So there's not a lot of football on his resume. So if you just see a raw product and, and believe that at 23 years old, and because Dak is entrenched, there'll be time for him to find his way. Then why not make the move? Jerry Jones has um, been very open about it. I think he, he even there's a clip of him mentioning that they had hoped at a point that Jalen Hurts would have fallen to them because they would have taken him. So they are not. I think it's very much that Green Bay model from back in the 90s when they would just accumulate quarterback talent and see where it fell. And, and none of those guys supplanted Brett Favre, but we saw those guys go on to start in other places Hasselback was probably the biggest name of the bunch so that's what Dallas seems like they're going to do with Trey Lance keep him around see if they can find something and then maybe it's your scenario where they're, they're trading him away in a couple of years or maybe if he lives up to the the draft status they have they make a decision and go, okay Dak uh we know you're not the guy yeah maybe in two years you're getting out of Dak's contract for cheap yeah and Trey Lance, but uh, it's somewhere in there, Dell. On all this whole scenario we're talking about, everything you just mentioned, everything I talked about, somewhere in there, Trey Lance has to get better at football. He does, and I don't know how that happens. Without playing, I'm not sure how it happens. I mean, I'm, 
I guess we'll see next preseason how he develops. But he's because not. Do you think they'd play him over Cooper Rush if there was no, an injury? Not, no, not at this point. Cooper Rush has shown enough to say at least for stretches, two game stretches at a time, he can keep them afloat. So no, it would have to be him developing off the field, which is still a problem because he doesn't play games. He hasn't been able to play games. So we'd have to see him in the next preseason. And if there's this giant leap that he takes, then the maybe the Cowboys have something, and then they can wait out the Dak thing and see. But it's, it's tough for him because where do you get experience? Like this is, this is where the whole thought process of sending a guy to the USFL or the XFL would make a lot of sense for the Man, Cowboys. Would, if they had a true feeder league where the practice squad, not even practice squad, but if you could put them on loan, yeah. If you could basically loan them to a uh, um, a concurrent league that played separate, where you weren't worried about ticket sales. I mean, you had ticket sales available, but really, it was. And maybe it's not even a game. Maybe it's just it's just different types of scrimmages where guys are getting to play, and it's not just full on games. Maybe one half of the half of it is a game, and one half is a scrimmage. I don't care what it is, but they need something for guys like Trey Lance to get playing time. I mean, they really do. They need something for. But the problem you run into is you have three quarterbacks. I guess it couldn't be concurrent because you have three quarterbacks now that you can keep on a on an active roster. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know how he gets. I just don't know how he gets any time. Um, I do have time to tell you about my friends over at Underdog Fantasy. I mean, Underdog Fantasy. I've been playing Underdog Fantasy for this is going to be year three, and I love it because. I get involved with season-long fantasy football where I draft my teams because I feel like I've done enough homework where I can, I've, I've got some sleepers that I, can, that I can add to my roster. And then whoever scores the highest at every position is how you score. And at the end of the year, whatever you know, whoever has the highest uh, scores, there's a lot of money that is won in that. But, of course, there's weekly fantasy football. There's da- you know, the daily fantasy where you have weekend where you can make your draft pick for your players. But... The high and low game, the pick 'em contest, where you go higher or lower on stats. I love this one because if you lock in on a player that you feel really certain about that he's going to be better than whatever stat they put out there, or worse than whatever stat there is, whether it's rushing yards or receiving yards or touchdown passes, you can pick anywhere from two picks to five players, two to five players, higher or lower. And if you win your amount, then if you win those two to five, then you know you're going to win. That's not. That's not hard to go to, to pick two higher or lowers correctly. If you pick five correct, then you're going to win 20 to 1. And this is really fun because there's so many different ways to win real money. Yes, it's legal here in the state of Texas. And Underdog Fantasy is not only helping you uh, to make money using your football knowledge, but also when you use promo code Lance, when you sign up on the app or online at underdogfantasy.com, they're going to match your first deposit up to $100. So make sure you use promo code Lance. And you must be 18 or older and present in the state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concern with your play? Call 800-GAMBLER or visit ncpgambling.org. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Here, your family. Brother never told you, never threatened a man's family. Look at our family now. You're back in the Veridex Community Bank Studios with John Granado and Lance Zerline. Ooh, John, Lance is with the clickbait stuff going right now. He's got to make his picks for NFL.com. I can't give them away because they have to premiere. I he's not clickbait. He tried to give away. He tried to give away the new show. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do what he did to us. To him, 
MVP. Oh, you can tell him who I have an MVP. No, I, thought, I thought you can't do that. I can't. I don't care. Your MVP, MVP is Aaron Rodgers. What's wrong with it? Have you seen uh, Hard Knocks yet? No. Aaron Rodgers is great. He's picking there. so many Jets as award winners. Robert Sala, coach of the year. Get out of here. If Aaron Rodgers is my MVP, that means they had a really good season. Clickbait. Well, look who you have in the AFC. You've you already got... You gotta have to fade Pat Mahomes, who you know is gonna have a big year. Jalen Hurts, as long as Joe Burrow makes it back from the debilitating calf injury, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen. So why are you picking Aaron Rodgers? Because, because he's unlikable. No one wants to vote him MVP. Because people like Aaron Rodgers. No, they don't. People want. No him. one does. I mean, the easy pick that everyone's gonna do is either is Pat Mahomes. I said Jalen. The Hurts. second easiest pick is gonna be Joe Burrow. Then you have Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen Oops. for hey they deserve it too. Well, some they, and they're really good. Well, Jalen Hurts was really good. The sneaky last one's going to be and the one that I could go, but I don't think they win enough is going to be uh, like offense player of the year could be Justin Herbert. What? Yeah, well, Jackson Kellen, Smith well, and Jigba. Well, Kellen, no, he's in Seattle. Oh no, no, uh, he, they took the two, no, no, no. Quentin Johnson. They took the two TCU receivers. Johnson, Mike Williams, uh, slow, slow Keenan Allen. That's not his name. Slow Keenan Allen. Austin Eckler. Oh, no. Set Austin Eckler. Kellen oh, Moore. Wait a minute. Kellen the Moore's OC. Take. Wait a minute. Aaron Rodgers is like fourth favorite. Aaron Rodgers is not the hot. The hot take would have been Trevor Lawrence. And somebody's going to say Trevor Lawrence. Why don't you do Trevor Lawrence? Nah, I'm not a hot take artist. You doing Aaron Rodgers, you're hot taking. I'm an accuracy artist. You're clickbaiting is what you're doing. Aaron Rodgers. Coach Robert of the Sala. Year, Robert Sala. If anyone has comeback player of the year, other than Tamar Hamlin, they could be fired from the station, from the NFL media. As long as he plays, he'll, you, he'll win comeback player of the year. Yeah, that's all he has to do. And I guess rightfully so. I mean, it's... Can we ban the? Can we ban Cincinnati from primetime games? Tua was hospitalized. Cincinnati primetime game. Damar Hamlin hospitalized. Ooh. Can we ban Cincinnati primetime games going forward? Just bad vibes. It's bad vibes. Bad vibes. With... with Joe Shiesty at no. home, at least at home. And Joe Shiesty's the best nickname. It's it's a great nickname. It's not Joey. Jo- uh, Joey. It's not Joey, Joey B. Burry, Joey, Joey B. B. Yeah, it's nothing G-D-9. like that. Joe Shiesty is is a super accurate. Isn't he like name. Joey Burr? Don't they call him that too? Yeah, that's dumb. Pe- dumb people call him that. <laughs> dumb people. Smart people call him Joe Shiesty because that's his. That's why do you, a good why do you love? Don't you know John isn't here? You don't have to fillet Mom, Joe I, Burrow. I, I know. I don't think you're supposed to say the F word. You can say that. If I'm that. being honest. That's the clean version of it. I can say that. Uh, but It's clean. That's bullcorn. You can't <laughs> I think use that. I think it's clinical. Word. Yeah, it's clinical. It's clinical. It's clinical to a point. No, it's actually clinical. Unless you're using it about quarterbacks and sports talk hosts, then it's used as a slam. That's <laughs> a slur to you. That's not clinical when you're saying that's what I'm doing to a quarterback <laughs> in Cincinnati. The- I'm a married man. <laughs> What is that? I'm not on the down low. I'm a married man, happily married. He's going with very, five kids. You're going very. I'm not doing the. I'm go, not doing that with a quarterback. Going, I, you're verbally doing it. I didn't say you're actually doing it. You're verbally. You doing didn't it. say verbally. Well, I'm now. I'm saying okay, you're verbally now that doing the descriptors it. Descriptors in. It's yeah. legal. Sorry. Yeah. Well, now that we know that, it was legal when I said it the first time. Still did, you know what? In the words of Tua, before I even say keep my name out your mouth, in the words of Tua, hey. I'm of German descent, and I'm just oh, well, saying that's scary enough. And I'm just saying we don't, you know, hey, easy with that stuff, buddy. We, okay? What else respect, are you going to say? Respect, respect is very is important in the German culture. What else is important? And it's important that you keep keep my name out your mouth. So that's that's what's important. Yeah. What respect. did you say? What did you just say when you turn your mic off? 
so bad. That's important too in the German community. It's so bad. Look, you you talk about Tua said keep we my cabbage more Tua than said others. keep my name out of your mouth. Yeah. Well, I would say you need to keep out of your mouth. See, and that's this is where it's not clinical, Sean. <laughs> This is why it's not clinical. That's what was bullcorn that he even Keep said. Keep your praise of Joe Burrow out it was of your bullcorn mouth. He even said that it was clinical because it was not. He said it was clinical. clinical, not me. He meant it. Sean backed me up when he said it was clinical. And you tried to lean into it like Keep, he actually. John's not here. You don't have to praise Joe Burrow that way. I, but he earned it, though. He was a guy that I couldn't stand, mainly because of John saying he was a Heisman winner as a joke. And now he claims it like he's a soothsayer. He, remember when he used to say Joe Burrow was great? Yes. Like a Heisman winner as a joke? Just clowning on the show. Now he uses that like that was a real statement. Like he really tries to sell like he, he was, I, I was right. That. I was I, right. I said he was good. He was being LSU Johnny at the time. There was no real yeah, reason behind it. No, there's no reason. But Joe's earned it to me, and that's Certainly why he has. is Joe Scheiste. He's earned a nickname, Joe Scheiste. I want to give my quarterback a nickname, C.J. Stroud, the brat. No, nah, I don't like that. You don't like that one? That's what you like were re- referencing as hair. Got the Brad hair, but yeah. I don't, I don't like that nickname. I got to think about it. Like CJ seven, what about CJ Cool? No, we're not doing numbers. CJ Cool, CJ. Uh, oh, I have to think about this. The rascal. What about the rascal? That's a terrible name because the rascal messes things up. Like this guy's the rascal. You don't want a quarterback messing things up. No, but he's disruptive. He's you don't the rascal. Want a, you don't want a disruptive quarterback name. That's a terrible name. What about this? The disruptor. You don't want no. The, you want a you don't want, you want a quarterback a who's a disruptor. You don't want a disruptive quarterback. You want him just to run the offense. Well, All right, the what San about Francisco this? offense? Yeah, yacht rock, yacht rock. Because he's smooth sailing. What about CJ? Is that those a cool name? Those just aren't cool. Yacht rock. That's his, no. That's not cool. Oh. You got to find some tie-in with another cool CJ. That's that's cool with the with the sports writer community. What about Suavecito? Suavecito. Yeah. Is he suave? He's smooth. Suavecito. Hmm. Well, he's got to actually play well for that to come Suavecito! About. You could have Mark do that. Touchdown! Suavecito! Why is Mark Vandermeer putting on an accent? Because he used to be in Miami. So Hurricanes. He, he can't. Don't I, act like Mark can't do some no, type of oh, suavecito. I don't know if you've heard him as when he was a Miami Hurricane play-by-play guy. He did not put on. He would go rock and roll. Even back then. Yeah, I'm trying to get out of that But he, he didn't do suavecito. All with, right. Suavecito, Clinton Portis. We, he didn't okay, do that. When we come back, all right, we've got something else when we come back. It's a secret. But then at 920, I want to get to a call of a – I'll show you that you can mix English and another language easily in a call. I'll show you that. I'll prove it to you. 9 o'clock right here on the bench. 713-780-3776. Maestro Dobell. Speaking of suavecito, Maestro Dobell is so smooth. When you guys have your tequila, if you drink your rot gut cheap tequila, you know that burn that you get? Yeah, I don't know what that's like at all because Maestro Dobell is made without the impurities. It's it's charcoal filtered with their Cristalino. It is uh, it's made the right way, and it's made in a way that you get the smooth finish. It's smooth on the front end, smooth on the back end. It's got great uh, uh, palettes, uh, pro- flavor profiles, depending on the type of tequila you get. And you're going to have a smooth finish every single time. And it really has a big impact on you know, your cocktails. If you like margaritas or other cocktails, uh, it's great for that. But if you just like a nice sipping tequila, 
I'm telling you right now, Maestro de Bell absolutely has to be on your shelf. And I don't care if it's Reposado. I don't care if it's Añejo Cristalino or if you want to ball out with the, with the Añejo Extra Cristalino. It's a more expensive bottle, but I'm telling you right now, it might be the best you've ever had. It's Maestro de Bell. Wherever fine liquors are sold, Maestro de Bell. ESPN 97.5 on FM Radio. AM is stupid. Emotional damage. 610, please. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. <laughs> 